Blog Talk Radio. This went off the rail a little early, didn't it? <laughs> I, I saw you were doing some kind of Dolph Ziggler gimmick there, and then I was waiting for uh, <clears throat> something going on. But uh, anyway, yeah. yowza, yowza, yowza. Here we are. Yowza, 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 indeed. I was trying to uh, play a little uh, good time prank on you there, and I had the basketball, basketball thing rigged up and ready to go, and then I hit the record scratch that you hear. And then go into this. Yeah, that was my intended plan, but technology. <laughs> did, you ever, did, you ever, did you ever practice first? <laughs> I did. That was the thing. It worked fine, and, and before you called, and then when you called, the uh, the technology just went. You piece of slime! Yeah, so that's exactly what happened there. <clears throat> good to hear from Bruno again. It is. It is good to hear from Bruno. Always great to hear from Bruno and. I guess, uh, I don't know, man. Getting this down to a live broadcast really just needs some... I mean, listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. So, not yeah, a we're gonna show. Need to... <laughs> not a show. Practice. <laughs> but uh, thanks for being here with us on the, can you believe it, TR, the 20th episode of Wide Men Can't Jump. Can you believe that? Hell no! I uh, seems like we just started. <laughs> Audio wise, it seems like we just did as well. <laughs> if you're listening in, believe it or not, we have 20 weeks of this under our belt. Uh, but <laughs> either way, we want to take a second and thank our sponsors. We want to thank first off WowFreeCam.com. They are our number one sponsor. They are the people that keep bringing you this show week in and week out. And uh, if you, in case you hear the audio, you you can kind of realize that they are awesome. We need some work, but they are great, TR. And uh, if you ever visit their website, you know what'll happen there. It's uh, uh, you know how that goes. But uh, and then then by the time you're done, it'll be you piece of slime. And you got to clean that up. 
But thank them on Wow Free Cam for hooking us up. Also, our sponsors tonight are mybookie.ag. Hey, guys, it's time to talk about the boatload of money you can make this week betting at mybookie.ag. If you listen, if you haven't listened, check it out. It's the perfect time to get on the action. On the action. March Madness is here. And are you sick and tired of getting the runaround when you ask for a payout? Come join mybookie.ag today. would only recommend a service that's been good to me and my listeners, and that's why I urge you to make mybookie your place to gamble this March Madness season. You're wasting your time and money betting anywhere else. They have in-game live betting so you can place a bet after tip-off. Join now and mybookie will match your first deposit with up to 50% off. You can even enter for a chance to win their million-dollar bracket challenge. Use promo code WIDEMEN to activate your offer, and they will match your first deposit up to 50%. That's right, a 50% bonus just for using our promo code WIDEMEN. Visit MyBookie today. You play, you pay, or you play, you win, you get paid. That's MyBookie.ag and WowFreeCam.com. If you need to remember those, they are in the show notes. You can look those up, as always. TR, we're supposed to have a very special guest joining us this evening from the Philadelphia 76ers and the Philadelphia Inquirer, Mr. Keith Pompey. We're awaiting him. Um, he should be getting with us any time now. Unless he heard fault. the Well, no, it, it might be, be the major might be the major screw up on the intro and he's decided not to call. Actually, TR, I believe yeah. we have him now. I believe we have him now. Joining us live right now. From the Philadelphia Inquirer is Mr. Keith Pompey. Keith, thanks for having us on. Or coming on with us. Hey, what's up, fellas? How you doing? What's Keith, how are you? I'm I'm well. So Are you uh are you in Philly or are you up in New York already? In New York already. How's the big city? It's just freezing here. But I'm pretty sure it's cold in Philly too. Yeah, it's a little chilly here. Um, Keith, I just uh, thank you for coming on a second time with us. Now, uh, I was interested tonight because I saw on one of your uh, headlines something to the effect of, "Let's face it, the Sixers." I, I don't want to. I'm just paraphrasing, but the Sixers have problems with playoff teams, and and you wrote about it. And that, quite frankly, is why I like you as a reporter because. Even though you're friends and you travel with the team and so forth, you can separate between uh, the two and you do your job effectively. Last night was pretty frustrating. Uh, what do you think about the turnovers? Do you think that's on Brad or do you think that's just they're, they're just so young? Yeah, um, you know what? It, oh, that's, a, that's a tough question. I, you know, I don't think that they're young. Um, and and I'm not, I, I don't know if I want to throw the coach under the bus, but – I. I don't. I don't think they're young. The thing is, here's the problem, man. It's it's like they keep making the same mistakes over and over again, right? And I know Brett Brown said that you know you got to look at birth certificates. You know Ben Simmons is 21, Joel Embiid's 23. He's arguably the best center in the NBA right now. And then you got a bunch of 30 year olds coming off the bench. The bench is supposed to be improved. Ben Simmons only had two turnovers yesterday. Embiid had eight, but then there was a bunch of other turnovers. You understand what I'm saying? So when we keep saying that it's based off of youth, to me that's just an excuse. 
You know what I mean? That's just something that we can say that, you know what? We have this problem. It's not going away. So we have to come up with an excuse and blame someone. So let's blame you. you gotcha. Gotcha. I, I kind of uh, I kind of tend to agree uh, to a point. I, I, I think the young is kind of a bullshit excuse. Uh, my words, not yours. Um, but one thing I pointed out just randomly, uh, you know, I post a lot of crazy stuff about the Sixers, no filter. Um, when you first, you know, you played ball when you were coming up, I'm sure, Keith. And when you first, you know, get taught the basic fundamentals, when you're a big guy, I can remember in sixth grade, my Sacred Heart CYO coach, we had a kid that was about six foot two already. And uh-huh. he'd get the ball inside, and he'd always, you know, go right down and dribble. Obviously, that's a crazy analogy to Joel Embiid, but but the rule of thumb for a big guy is keep the ball up high. Um, yep. I don't want to say – I don't want to change Joel's game necessarily because, like you said, he's he's blossoming into probably, you know, one of the best, if not the best, big men in the game. But it, it does frustrate me sometimes when, uh, you know, they, they get the ball on the way up as opposed to if he kept it up high, they could never touch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. Now, I, I do think that that right there is like you said, you coach him. But I, I think that one may be an experience you know, with him still learning how to play the game. But I do agree with you. He has to, you know, cut the turnovers or um, cut them down. And I think what it is is a lot of guys are running at him. He's trying to do too much. Like, even if you look at yesterday's game, they were running the break. They were running the break. And what he did is he basically, you know, was, was trying to, like, get layups but he wasn't really aware of the situation. He wasn't paying attention to people trying to get charges and stuff like that. And I think that's where he messed up at. Gotcha. Well, Keith, the Sixers, um, they fell short last night uh, by three to the Pacers. If the playoffs were to have started today, that's the team they would be playing in a seven-game series, as they have a half, or yes, they have a half-game advantage on the Cavaliers. Would you rather see the Sixers play the Pacers in a seven-game series, or have to face LeBron James in Cleveland in a seven-game series? You know, right now I would say, right now I would say LeBron James in Cleveland. The reason being is, if you look at that Pacers team, I mean, you say on paper, you'll say the reason you beat the Pacers by shutting down Victor Oladipo. Well, they shut them down, and they still lost. You know what I'm saying? And the, and the, and the Pacers play, they play tough. They play physical. Um, you know, right now, the LeBron James Cleveland Cavaliers, it's just like they, they still don't have an identity. They're trying to find out what they're going to do. And I think that if you were in the, if the playoffs started right now, I would rather go up against Cleveland. Okay. Yeah, you, it's a fair you make a good point. You make a good point because uh, I'm going back to earlier as well with the Owen Depot. He uh, he was barely visible, and I think a lot of that goes to Covington's lockdown defense last night. Um, but I kept hearing these names. It's like they don't have any big superstars, but they just have guys that can play, you know. And uh, I think they're a tough match for us. I think, you know, I might tend to agree with you with the Cleveland matchup. 
Yeah, I mean, Cleveland is, you know, they're still trying to find their identity. And this other team, like, you know, you look at Thad Young. You know, I know Thad Young was with the Sixers, and, and he's been with, which is his third team now. In my opinion, he's really underrated. You know what I mean? He had a double-double yesterday. I think he had three blocks. You know, he's a six-eight power forward. He runs the field. And people runs the floor, and, and people, like, always, like, saying, oh, well, we need to get an upgrade. Well, look at him. He's playing well. And I think that, you know, you know, Dario is, is good, but I don't know if Dario right now at this particular time can match his um, his athleticism. You know what I'm saying? So that's a uh-huh. disadvantage. And then you look at Miles Turner. You know, Miles Turner and Embiid are like a push. When it, I mean, now Embiid's a better player, but because of Miles Turner's style of play, he's real athletic, and Embiid has to get out there and guard him, you know, out in space. That's kind of like a tough matchup. So – you know what I mean? I, I just think that if I'm the Sixers, I, I don't want to play the uh, Indiana Pacers right now. Gotcha. Yeah, uh, it's not often that you have three guys have – you have two guys have a double-double and one guy have a triple-double, and you still lose the game. That's not often that happened, and that happened to the Sixers last night. Um one thing that you will notice about the Sixers is they played Marco Bellinelli 26 minutes last night, and he only and he only shot and made he only had six points, and he shot 28 percent from the field, including 20 percent from three pointers. He's a, he only went one of five shooting the three last night. Um, for them to win and be successful come playoff season, they got to have a three-point shooter, which is why Bellinelli was brought in. And he looked great when he first got to Philly, but how is he fitting into the rotation? You know, I think right now it's still kind of early to say because, you know, like you said, he's going to have his first game he played, he had 17 points. You know, he started off struggling, but then he got hot. Um, you know, I think that he still has to be a rhythm guy, but like you said, in order for them to be successful, you know, they need Marco to score points off the bench and, and be productive. It just seems like when they go up against young athletic teams and guys can get up in his grill and get up in his face, he has a hard time. You know what I mean? Now, against the yeah. Knicks, I expect them to have a great game. But then again, when they go up against Minnesota, then I want to see what he can do against the Timberwolves whenever they play him. But against the Knicks, you know, I expect Marco to have a solid lights out hitting three type of game. Okay. Yeah, I, I I was thinking that with the with the rotation, um, Keith, that Brett seems to be putting Marco in for uh, JJ pretty early on, and I, I thought of you know I thought that was a good replacement, and maybe it'll play out as you said. We have you know to give it time. But I, I personally now in these games where if, you, if you're going for seeding and so forth and home court advantage, I kind of like to see TJ take take those minutes back and then maybe uh, ease Marco into it. But that's just my opinion. Um, I uh, I'm looking I'm I'm seeing I see things maybe I'm negative, but I see them staying where they're at or going down. I don't see them going up to four or five. Are you optimistic that they can uh, go up in the standings? 
Well, I think they could go up in the standings just because they have the easiest schedule. You know what I mean? And um, right. so because of that, and, and but then again, that takes some getting help from other teams like beating these other squads. Um, and the thing about TJ, you know, I, I, TJ, I think the, the problem with TJ right now is, and TJ's playing well, I mean, in my opinion, he's playing well when he's a point guard. I think they have him playing out of position a lot. You know what I mean? Like, and, and that's yeah. because, like, Jared Bayless is out of rotation. They had Jared play, playing a two-guard. He's out of rotation. Timothy Luwalu's out of the rotation. So, TJ, they want him on the floor with Ben, but they don't want him as a distributor all the time. So, he has to slide off the ball. And that's what's killing him. You know? Yeah, it's definitely yeah. a frustrating watch because you, you see all that talent there if it could just be put together in the right way. Um, you have anything else for Keith, uh, Nate? Yeah, uh-huh. uh, just a couple more things, Keith, if you've got time. Is that, is that okay? Yeah, this is, yeah, can this be the last one because i got to uh, take care of something right quick? Go ahead. Uh, I mean, that's fine. Uh, my last thing is no, they, no, got Brooklyn coming, yeah, yeah. they got Brooklyn Go coming up with the Knicks. Uh, on, I believe that's a back-to-back for for Philly. Um, do you think are they looking like they're going to be able to handle Brooklyn just fine? And uh, my last thing is, who you got winning it all in the NCAA tournament bracket? Who <laughs> well, I got winning it all in NCAA tournament bracket? Um, yeah, yeah. I have Duke winning it all. <laughs> I don't. Know, I just put that out of my head. I got Duke winning it all. <laughs> all right. That's actually, Sorry, actually, not, I, I, I have Duke. Nova. Oh, you have Duke too? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm not. I don't give our home. I don't give our hometown discount <laughs> for the NCAA tournament. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Thank you uh, again, as always, Keith. And uh, you know, anytime you want to come on. Or I'll badger you to come on again one way or the other, but uh, you're a friend of the show, and you're welcome anytime. Oh, man, yes, sir. Thank you, Keith. I told you that. All right, fellas. All right, bye-bye. Peace. Thanks, Keith. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was Keith Pompey uh, from the Philadelphia Inquirer, travels with the Sixers. Um, great insight there, TR. Great get, great get for you. You always give me credit when I get a good get. You got a good one, man. Good job. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's very you know inside, but like I said, he's he's so honest. Like uh, I'll see, I I meant to bring up a question he asked JJ Reddick, but I couldn't remember the exact verbiage of it. I saw it on uh, the TV broadcast, but he went yeah. right. He goes right after you know what the what the fans are thinking, and uh, you know he puts he, he puts the players in a position to answer to the public, and I like that because this organization has been so tight lipped. And, you know, the fans don't know shit type of mentality. And Keith really, you know, does his job. And there are guys that he, you know, sees every day and he's cool with. And I just think it's pretty refreshing in this day and age where he's, you know, a hard-nosed reporter. And judging from the sounds, he might might be enjoying New York a little tonight. So that's a double plus that he uh, jumped hey, on there, there with. He, uh, well, New York he could have took town. me and you. He, he could have took me and you with him, you know. Well, I like New York. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I got I wish you weren't out of town, man. I would have talked to you into coming up for that T Wolves game because then, you know, I think I'm definitely gonna yeah. go and our guest coming up later is a season ticket holder. Uh 
Yeah. We could have had one giant powwow with everybody. What, what the hell are you doing again in Carolina? I'm going down to Carolina. I'm actually uh, filming a wrestling show uh, and getting getting paid to be there. So, trust me, it's a money-making opportunity. Otherwise, I'd have been there. Okay, getting paid does take precedence. And, you know, we gotta love the money, pro man. wrestling gotta baby deal on here. Got a baby on the way, man. Yes, you I gotta, do. I got to take care of that. Got to take care of that. In case you've been living under a rock for the past week and you haven't been keeping up with us here at Wide Men Can't Jump, we are all over the place. We've had multiple, multiple shows. Our good buddy Tim Dombrova has been doing Wide Men Can't Score for all you hockey fans on Mondays. <laughs> TR, myself, Tim did a Selection Sunday special, which went into Selection Monday, where we picked our NCAA tournament brackets. TR had Duke winning it all. I had Cincinnati. Tim had Michigan. So we're all over the place with that. We had two shows there. We ended up doing uh, talking about WWE Fastlane. If you're a wrestling fan and you enjoy that, also if you're a wrestling fan, stay with us. About 9 o'clock tonight, we're hoping the voice of Ring of Honor, Ian Riccoboni. Or is it Riccoboni, TR? I can't pronounce Rick. these Italian names. Riccoboni. Riccoboni. Ian Riccoboni, voice of Ring of Honor, will be joining us. He's a season ticket holder for the Philadelphia 76ers, and he will be jumping on with us. Subscribe to our show. We give you so much content when you subscribe. We got pop shows popping up all the time. We're going to be busy as bees with one wing and a hive in the upcoming days with the NCAA tournament going on, TR. I am as excited as can be. It's March. It's the best time of the year for basketball. Winding down the NBA season, March Madness kicks in. The NIT's going on. We've had that a couple times. But uh, basketball speaking, how about Sunday? You know, I'm not one to pat myself on the back. And I'm not one to say I told you so. But I'm patting myself on the back and telling you I told you so. The Minnesota Timberwolves, ladies and gentlemen, upset the Golden State Warriors on Sunday 109 to 103. Big win for the Wolves. Probably their biggest win of the season. Wasn't looking good for Minnesota. They'd lost two straight coming out because we talked to Dave Benz last week. Dave came on the show, talked a little T Wolves basketball. They had the five or the five or six days off. They go in and play Boston, and Boston just just hands it, like absolutely hands it to them. And I'm like, oh boy, here we go. 117 109. Boston beats the Wolves. And then on Sunday, Golden State's coming to town, and that's never good. Luckily for us, Steph Curry did not play in that game, and that helps. But let's look, I'm looking at the stat line here, TR. Carl Anthony Towns played 39 minutes, had 31 points, 16 rebounds, went 13 of 24 from the floor. That's what he should be doing. That man is dominant. He had clutch shots in the fourth that was he was on fire. Did you watch any of that game? Uh, just just the highlights, to be honest. But, uh, you know, it was duly noted on my end that you did actually say on air to the uh, to the Minnesota T-Wolves broadcaster, Dave Benz, you said, uh, seems like every time the, the Warriors have a loss, even in the season where they lost nine games, we were one of them. So I'm going to go out on a limb and pick the T-Wolves. And damn if they didn't, they, yeah. they beat them. Um so good call on that, and also really quick, um, uh, you know, I, I'm not negating any validity to 
the win by the T-Wolves because they beat the Wizards last night at Washington as well. Yeah, they did. I'll which get to I that actually in a minute. called in a private. I privately you said did. that I thought that they were going to win that. But, you did. You um, messaged me and said you think they got them. So with San Antonio plummeting and anything like that, everything like that, rather, um, I, I think uh, you're in a good spot. I think in, maybe in another week you'll probably know for sure you're going to be in the playoffs, and then it's all about Jimmy Butler or what have you. But just uh, I'll let you finish about the Wolves, but my long-winded thoughts, and I'm back to finally, is uh, <laughs> you let me know today that Clay Thompson's hurt, and, and Steph Curry, nothing's being made because it's Steph Curry, but he has chronic ankle problems, man. It's like He does. I think they said it was his 21st ankle issue since he's been in the NBA or something of that nature. Um, quite a bit quite a bit he he stays injured and i'll have to definitely check that out how many times his ankle has been injured uh we'll get into that in a little bit i've got it wrote down here um on our format that we're going to talk a little bit about injury updates here in the um what one am i the uh the league and it's been a, an issue all year people have been getting hurt like crazy uh but anyway let me gloat for a few more minutes here the wolves 109 the warriors 103 Andrew Wiggins has 23. Jeff Teague has a double-double. Uh, Taj Gibson with a double-double. Just, they really played well. I mean, sure, they, they couldn't really stop Durant and Thompson, but they pretty much controlled everyone else. Uh, Zaza Pachulia had a good game, but uh, that's probably because they stayed away from him because they didn't want their legs broken. By the, uh, yeah, by the Russian mob on Zaza then. Uh, Draymond Green, 10 and 8, so... Nothing major there. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'm very, very happy with that win. That's a win that we weren't supposed to get. That helps negate some of those losses that we had that we should have won. I'm looking at you in Chicago. Um, so, I'm feeling good about that. The Wolves get to 40 wins on the year. Um, they're, best, they're two games away from tying the best record they had uh, since the playoff drought. They went, I believe, uh, I think they had 42 wins a few years back and didn't make the playoffs over like the nine seed or something like that. Uh, then on last night's game with the Wizards, um, Carl Anthony Towns again, 37 points, 10 rebounds. Like, man, what a, what a man's man playing ball like that, stepping up when his team needs him. And I've, and I've, been, scared, I've been very vocal about how Towns needs to do more. I thought the Wolves relied a little too much on Butler. Uh, Wiggins had 16, Teague had 13, Crawford 11, Bialicia has stepped in and played well, 17 points. Taj Gibson actually got some rest last night. Uh, he only played 27 minutes, and that's great for him. Derrick Rose finally makes his debut for the Wolves, doesn't score, does get a steal, does get a rebound, uh, attempted two, uh, two shots, didn't make any. So those are some newsworthy items there for the Wolves, and T.R., you called that Wizards win last night, and uh, boy, am I glad they got that one. They really needed that one. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. Since uh, the birth of this show, and, you know, also as it went along with the commentators, Dave and Jim, and the icing on the cake is the uh, Carl Anthony Towns being all Eagles you know, he's got much love for the Eagles. They're his favorite team, et cetera. It's like I've almost adopted Minnesota yeah. as my second favorite team, and I never thought in a million years before this show that that would happen. 
So. Oh yeah, and then uh, don't forget, Mr. Wiggins went to high school at Hun- in Huntington, West Virginia, as well. So that's another reason to like him. Uh, Gorgie Jang also went to high school in Huntington, West Virginia. So just throwing that actually, out there. Did, just... Actually, did we ever bring up to our uh, our partner in crime, Tim, that uh, Wiggins is Canadian? I mean, I'm sure he knows. I don't know if he knows that or we... not. He is Canadian. He is very, very Canadian. Makes you yeah, wonder though. He's so, Canadian. Uh, he ends up at Huntington. He ends up at Huntington Prep in West Virginia. There's actually a uh, there's a television commercial down here with him still on it from when he was in high school. If you can believe wow. that. Yeah, they still air it. You know, hey, get every dollar you can while you can. Uh, don't let them see you do it. But yeah, it's pretty neat uh, that he went to school down here. A lot of NBA players have come through Huntington Prep High School. I've actually tried to – I've reached out to the coach. The coach of the team that coached when Wiggins was there is now an assistant coach at, for the Akron Zips uh, basketball team. And I'm going to reach out to him again soon. We've just – our schedules haven't matched up. I want to bring him on. He said he would come on when he gets a moment. And if I'm not mistaken, Akron's season has ended. So hopefully I can get him on the show, and we'll talk a little Andrew Wiggins, talk about his time coaching prep schools because – I don't know if anybody really follows high school basketball as close as I've had to follow it really close this season. But the prep schools don't – they're not the ones you'll see playing for the state championships. They're not the ones that you'll see, you know, every week on TV or anything like – or like playing on your local radio. They're the – these guys are Division One talents. They're going to play college ball. They're likely pros in the making um, – and that's what Huntington Prep High School is. They've been nationally ranked. They played in the national on national TV several times, and uh, it's a great school for aspiring college basketball players. You know, Wiggins came through there, Gorgie Jang. Just the, the list goes on and on. Um, but yeah, one I know of those Dematha Dematha type powerhouse high schools. Yeah, you know, kind of like Oak Hill Academy, and you know, you don't see yeah. them playing on. You know, it's your because, like, state championships in basketball are going on right now in West Virginia. And, um, you don't see those guys there because it just wouldn't even be fair. <laughs> you know, no, no offense to the right. guys playing for the state title, but, you know, these prep guys, they're recruited. They can recruit. And that's how they do yeah. it. They recruit these guys to play there. And, you know, they, they really hone their skills playing basketball there. And, um, you know, where you're not supposed to recruit in high school, they are allowed to, but they give up their right to play for a state title. But, you know, bigger and better things for the guys that play there, and they're doing great things there. Minnesota's next game coming up will be at San Antonio, and then the back-to-back, they take on Houston back in Minnesota. So Saturday night at 8.30 Eastern, they play San Antonio. As soon as the game's over, it's back to Minnesota where the Houston Rockets roll in. And both of those games will be on national television. So after that, they finally catch a breather from the uh, murderer's row of top teams in the NBA. They got the Clippers on Tuesday. Then they go against, uh, we'll talk about those games next week. They got the Knicks on Friday of next week. Then the back-to-back, the return to Philly, TR, Wolves, Sixers, 6 p.m. Saturday, March 24th. We're getting yeah, one back on you, you bastard. <laughs> uh, before last night, I would be confident in Philadelphia at home. But, uh, <laughs> you know, last last night, I'll, I'll save the Sixers, uh, you know, because I don't want it to be a two-hour Sixers 
uh, bitch fest, but I'll save <laughs> a little bit more for later with Ian. But uh, yeah. last night we didn't even get to touch the the tip of it with uh, Keith. They they you know that score was a lot closer than it really was. I mean those yeah these guys these guys got some. Uh, it's hard to pinpoint. It's I mean I always blame it on management and ownership and so forth. And uh, I'll just for a second hour. I don't want to bore you now. But one thing I was thinking about <laughs> while you were talking yeah, about um, the high school in West Virginia, and it, it brought to mind, you know, some high schools around here that do the same thing for lacrosse and other, other high school sports like that. Um, yeah. But I, I just, uh, while I was scrolling the other day, I caught a blip about, the youngest ball Lamelo, and mm-hmm. he's 16 years old. And he, he's the other night, maybe it's a week by now. He dropped like 31 in a pro league, and uh, it's like he, they say he drives a Lamborghini, and it's just like, damn. <laughs> like when I was 16, you know, I I was lucky if I could borrow my mom's, you know, Renault Alliance, which I always remember by name because <laughs> that was my little little car that I'd stuff wrestlers in as a way to, you know, try to get into the, into their favor. But um, yeah, having a Lamborghini at age 16 in another country and all that good stuff, it's good to be a bald despite what it seemed like in the beginning with uh, Loudmouth LeBlar, huh? Yeah, and, you know, not to bring up other people on the show that, you know, but Stephen A. Smith, our boy, you know, your boy, I should say, not mine, but uh, he has been on record of saying that he wants Lonzo Ball to have a little more fire in him. Uh, He says Lonzo just looks like he's out there getting a paycheck. He doesn't really care if they win or lose or whatever. He says he he gets two points, three assists. It's like, ah, whatever, you know, no big deal. Stephen A. Smith's calling out Lonzo Ball, and I can see where that's coming from. But, uh, you know, here's the thing. The Ball brothers, and I, I don't know how, you know, we got on this. Um, they're overseas playing pro ball. Um, I'm not surprised, and I'm not actually hating it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to say that it's a bad thing, because these kids were going to college, uh, or one of them was at UCLA, and they got into that uh, that shit over in China, and there was a big big deal made about it, and it was really really a bad situation, and uh, that's and then it got political, which it shouldn't have gotten, and we're not going to get, but it's like, you know, the best thing for these kids to be doing may be to be overseas playing pro ball, if they really think they're <laughs> that good. <laughs> what? I just found it funny the way you built that up into saying that. It just, just go ahead. It was, a, it was a great. Like, listen, listen, I don't know if it was intentional, honest. but it was a funny. It was a funny payoff for that buildup. Well, I mean, let's 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 look at it from a perspective of, do you know, college is expensive, and these kids are getting a free ride to go to college. They don't want to be there. They want to go to. They want to play basketball. That's the only reason they would even that we're going to go to college. Why don't let them go overseas if they can make it overseas? Play, get you know, let them play basketball. If a if a country is going to pay them to come in, like Lithuania has done with the balls, and you know, even the refs are running around in big baller brand T-shirts over there now. It's actually pretty hysterical 
to watch. But if they want to go play ball overseas, fine, do it. Let a kid that's going to go to school and use that scholarship, and maybe he won't be going pro, but he wouldn't have an opportunity to go anywhere else. Let him get that scholarship to school. Let him use that scholarship. Let him get an education better himself instead of a guy that's just going to go, you know, fuck shit up and tear up other countries and embarrass the whole country as a whole overseas and make an ass out of himself. So, I mean, I'm surprised we don't see more, and I'm going to call them this, troubled youths that are good at sports go pro overseas somewhere else. But notice you don't hear much about them anymore since they started playing ball overseas. Well, I I think that – you know, that's the next step in, in, in the evolution with the NCAA investigations and the proposed, Absolutely. you know, LeVar's, you know, crazy proposal of his own league and all that kind of shit. But, but you know, how he crazy. is. He's just like a wrestling guy, you know. Oh, he's but, the best promo cutter uh, in the game today. But is is his proposal crazy, though? Crazy considering it's from him. If the premise is good if there's, you know, together and, uh, you know, money backers and organized people putting together such an alternative. But, you know, I, I was mentioning it because he was just like, I'm, I'm going to have my own league. You know what I mean? So <laughs> that's, that's just LeVar being LeVar. But, uh, yeah. I think that's uh, something we're going to be talking about in future episodes as, uh, the NCAA tournament goes through and, and, and LeBron had commented on it from an NBA standpoint and the one and done and the reclassification and all that stuff. I think in the next, probably pretty swiftly, I think in the next year or so, we're going to see a different ball game, no pun intended altogether. Yeah. But I mean, it, it's, it's one of those things where, I think the uh, – I get why they ended the straight out of high school thing because look at how many guys were just coming straight out of high school and declaring to go into the NBA when they were absolutely no way, shape, or form ready. Uh, they didn't have the bo- – their bodies hadn't developed. Uh, they weren't on the level they needed to be skill-wise. And, the, yeah, you may be highly touted, but how are you going to get there and you know, then look. Then you look like a guy like Sebastian Telfair. You know, look, he he didn't really make a splash. He didn't really do anything. Uh, had talent. Maybe if he would have went and played for Rick Pitino, um, well, maybe he could have got a stripper or something for himself. I don't know. I mean, but I mean, look at what you passed up, Sebastian. Joan Fault. You could have got paid at Louisville just like you got paid in the NBA. You passed that opportunity up. So you know, hey. Man, Kenny Bowen and all those Louisville fans are going to be a little bit testy with you, but Travis Heckle's laughing his ass off if he's listening. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I don't doubt – excuse me about that. I don't doubt that it happens everywhere. It's just they're the sure. ones that got caught. You know, uh, these kids are playing for scholarships. You know, that's the thing. Everybody says, well, they should be paid – I've always been under that assumption that if you're going to school just to play basketball, there should be, I don't know how you do How do you force a kid to go to class that knows he's going to go pro, or at least thinks he knows he's going to go pro? How 
How are you going to force him to to do the things that a student has to do and give him a scholarship, a free ride to school that they don't take they, – they take for granted just for the fact of, you know, I'm here for a year and I'm only here because of this stupid rule and I'm going to be making millions, so why even bother going to, to school when – and and I'm not saying all guys do that. There's some seniors that go to school and play basketball and work hard. And, you know, it's not everybody, but it's a lot of people nowadays. And you got more people standing in their corners saying, hey, these players need to be paid. I've always looked at it as you're getting a free education. You know, my student loans alone, TR, like right now, are around forty grand for school. And I'm still going. By the time I'm done, I'm going to end up owing $150,000 just to get an education yeah. in this country. You know, I would love to have a free ride like they have. I would use it, but I can't put a basketball on a hoop. But on the other hand, and I'll say this, if they're, if these companies are all making money off of these kids, they should be compensated from the companies. The school should not be paying these kids because these kids are getting paid with a free education. But if you're a company and you're taking advantage of a college student and not giving them their just dues, then you're an asshole. Front and simple. Go ahead. I don't have much of a, of a rebuttal because it, it's it's such a intricate conversation that uh, is probably gonna, like I said, in the, in the near future, gonna come to maybe our main topic down the road. Um, but I see what you're saying, especially from a guy, you know, who on your end, who's living the college life and, and, and has those bills. Uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's, uh, something that has to be discussed by very smart people and a resolution, which I hope can, uh, make everybody happy. I mean, there's also, I don't want to open up another can of worms because our format's already out of whack, but. There's also that other argument that, like, you know, uh, basketball and football specifically generate so much revenue for these schools, but how's that fair to, like, the the women's field hockey team who, you know, got scholarships for being the best at their sport but don't necessarily draw money, et cetera. So there's a lot of things that are probably too uh, intellectually um, and fiscally over my head right at the moment unless I do a little bit of homework to to really comment on and, and and speaking of which, uh, you know, I, I was thinking about tonight with our our boss botched intro, and I had just oh, kind of yeah. I had just kind of got finished uh, eating, and I had the fan on. I didn't know how the audio sounds, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, it, it's 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 so funny. I, I want to listen back because Keith Keith used to cover Temple, and yeah. you know he's a legitimate legitimate. Uh, you know, fifth largest city in the country journalist and, you know, the sky's the limit for Keith and, and, uh, our later guest Ian is, you know, he's got a hell of a background too. We have, we have such legitimate guests and we're just, we're just two goofball wrestling fans that always fuck around each week. So I love the people for coming on our show. Oh yeah, definitely. Like we're just two guys that wanted to do an NBA podcast and we both love wrestling and we talk basketball and it's just two guys basically, dicking around trying to figure out how to make this shit work and then we get these awesome guests and big time people in the world of sports <laughs> and i don't know how we do <laughs> don't it don't make man. that really sense just, it only really in america but yeah. 
But um, anyway, we were going looking at our just ridiculously screwed up format now. Um, we're going to take a look at the NBA standings here real quick, and then we'll get back on track. Uh, Boston, Toronto have clinched a playoff spot in the East. Um, the East playoff field is nearly set, TR. Um, it's pretty much almost a done deal. Um, here's the standings <laughs> as of right. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Here's the standings as of right now. Uh, this is March 14th, so I'll go. Oh, by the way, happy happy birthday to my buddy Josh Brown. Uh, happy birthday to him. Happy Pi Day to all of you, and rest in peace, Stephen Hawking. So there's knock that out of the way. Um, yeah, Toronto, well, let me let me let me let me say yo to Josh. Happy birthday, buddy. Yeah, great guy. Uh, so thanks, Toronto, man, thanks for all the su- thanks for all the support. I always so step Toronto, on you with my with my late thoughts, but go ahead. <laughs> You're fine. Toronto is at the one seed. They are four games up on Boston, who have clinched at the two seed. Um, then the Pacers are three. They are ten and a half back of Toronto. And here's where the seeding could start to get interesting. Eleven games back, so a half game back of the Pacers, is the Cleveland Cavaliers at four. The Washington Wizards are then a game and a half back of the Cavs. They are the fifth seed. And then a full game back of the Wizards is your Philadelphia 76ers. Half game back of them, the Milwaukee Bucks. And a full game back of the Sixers, a half game behind the Bucks, is the eight seed Miami Heat. The closest team outside of the playoffs looking in are about five and a half back of the eight spot, and that is the Detroit Pistons who have really underperformed as of late. And it's, I really thought they'd turn on the heat and get into the playoffs um, after getting Blake Griffin, but losing Tobias Harris, losing Avery Bradley, Reggie Jackson, I don't know if he's came – I haven't really had, had a chance to look. I don't think he's come back yet. Uh, that's really hurt the, the Pistons. So it almost looks like it's close to a done deal. Toronto, Boston, Indiana, Cleveland, Washington, Philly, Milwaukee, and Miami will probably, and let, barring something major – be your playoff field in the East. It's just a matter of where they finish. Uh, TR, uh, thoughts on that? Yeah, what I was breaking into was was you answered it with the standings. I didn't know exactly how many games um, Detroit was back. They were, <clears throat> I mean, there's, depending on which team, I think there's 15 to 17 games left um, Rough, on just yeah. about everybody's schedule. And Barring a complete, and I think they play each other and so forth as far as the Eastern playoff contenders, um, barring a complete collapse of, you know, seeds three basically through eight and Detroit all of a sudden just going on a, you know, 13 and two finish or whatever their remaining games are. It's almost etched in stone. All they have to do is play 500 ball pretty much to make it at this yeah. point. It's just a matter of where they'll end up. And uh, and that's a big question for Philly. I mean, um, we saw them at Milwaukee. We saw them at Miami. We saw them last night even at home with Indiana. I think, uh, like Keith said about the Cavs, I think I'd rather play one of the, you know, allegedly yeah. better teams then play those kind of hungry young teams because uh, they come at our ass, man. And a real quick note, you know, I was a a fan of Trevor Booker, who's, you know, been a journeyman 
Yeah, uh, yeah, he's in Indiana Pac- now, I believe. Yeah, the Pacers picked him up, and he played last night. And he was just all over the place. Actually, I, did, I forgot to bring it up to Keith. He, one of his pregame uh, notes was with Booker. Booker said he never felt like he really fit in. And it showed yeah. last night. I didn't know about it, but uh, he was pushing uh, and beat around and you know, that's his style of play to rough people up and kind of get in their heads and what have you. And I, I that's why I love them being here, but uh Yeah. It was kinda was kinda, it was kinda funny. He's kind of the uh, Zach Randolph style of player, if I can bring that reference in. Uh he really plays hard, goes hundred and ten percent all the time, and that's the kind of guy he is. Um let me look here. I'm looking at uh I'm gonna look at that and see how he finished up actually. Um, Trevor Booker finished with. Well, if I can find it here, uh, 5.6 rebounds and 17 minutes of play. Um, definitely a defensive guy. Uh, but when you know the team that you're playing with, like when you get cut by that team, and in practice, I'm assuming he's the guy that had to guard Embiid. Um, you know what what makes him tick. Like, you know exactly how to play him. And apparently he went and did it last night and really was messing with Embiid's head. I mean, don't get me wrong, Embiid had a great game, but it's always good to have a guy like that on your squad that really knows the team. Yeah, and also uh, Thaddeus Young was one of those guys who that that ugly word that I don't like to use about the Sixers, Thaddeus was, you know, here and a good player when they were making the playoffs, but they said, Oh, do we yeah. want to be a six, seven, eight seed? We got to do something here, at least yeah. in theory. But, you know, I have the evil conspiracy owner theory that, you know, we'll get into ad nauseum at another time. Yeah. Just a faucet. Is that what you were referring to? <laughs> You didn't hang up on me, did you? <laughs> did that just did that just come out? No, no, never, never, never. I would, I would this never. This is do an that. audio nightmare show that did. <laughs> my my fat my fat cheek. Remember, I was complaining the other day about Bobby Munson reference from the Sons of Anarchy. The, yeah. the girl told me I yes, look like I the, the fat the fattest guy. Jesus, my fat cheek from my rant just punched without me knowing. My my blubbering cheek hit my voicemail on this phone because uh, I'm on the cell. <laughs> and I, I thought I lost you because it made a little doo-doo-doo sound at first. No, I'm right here. You and missed like, what I said. So uh, yeah, I did. You missed what I said completely, huh? So you yeah. missed just a positive? Uh, you asshole. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm glad my voicemail came on, and I should have played the damn message. <laughs> Buddy, it's kind of well, weird. We used to go nine. We used to go nine to ten at our friends over there at Laughcast Studios, and uh, it seems like you know we warm up around nine o'clock. Coincidentally, yeah. you know what I'm saying. It's like we get uh, all serious stuff out of the way. We want to run people off by the second hour, you know. <laughs> yeah, hopefully we don't we don't lose anybody in the first hour when we're getting our shit together because the second hour is always usually kick ass. 
Um, let's look at the Western Conference real quick. Houston Golden State have clinched. They are ten games up on Portland. Uh, Houston's got a two-game lead on Golden State, and then ten games from Golden State back to Portland. Game and a half behind them, the resurgent Oklahoma City Thunder. And then the New Orleans Pelicans behind Anthony Davis are 14 back at the fifth seed. Tied with them at the sixth seed, the one and only Minnesota Timberwolves. Tied at 14 with the Pelicans. And then we go a game and a half back to the Clippers at seven. And then the Utah Jazz have moved into the eighth spot. At 15 and a half bag tied with the San Antonio Spurs and the LA Clippers. Right now, TR, if the playoffs started today, if they started today, we would be looking at a San Antonio, a San Antonio Spurs-less playoff field. My buddy Josh down here bitching about the Mavericks now. Um, but yes, ah. the, uh, yes, he is bitching about the Mavericks. Wait! This year. We know. <laughs> we cover the league. <laughs> the, but the Spurs, the Spurs are right now outside of the playoffs. That's uh, kind of surprising as they, they've just been in a free fall. And the Jazz have won seven straight. So who saw that coming? And Portland's won ten straight. Yeah, uh, the, the Jazz had that streak, and then they lost, and everybody was like, that will probably – the layman, and I'm one of them, thought they'll probably, you know, play 500 ball. That was their highlight of the year. Yeah. And no, um, they in that time frame, they, uh, besides the Rockets, are the hottest team in the NBA. They're 17 and two, I think, in their last 19. So yeah, they've won quite a bit. Um, they've actually outplayed it's really, everybody. It's really hard to. Uh, to not give Ben Simmons a rookie of the year, but it's also hard to not give Donovan Mitchell a rookie of the year for different reasons. I'll tell you this. Um, let's, let's look at it this way. Actually, let me uh, let me pull something up here real quick. So Donovan Mitchell, because uh, I actually – we talk about him all the time, and we all the time talk about how teams missed. Let's Let's take a quick look here at the teams that just – absolutely whiffed on Donovan Mitchell. Maybe they took a point guard um in front of him that they shouldn't have taken. You know any teams TR that that took a that took a point guard uh early in the draft that maybe could have gotten John, Donovan Mitchell instead? Anybody? Uh, not off the top of my head, not, yeah, not at all. It's, it's kind of hard to it's hard to think about. Uh let me see here. Let me get the draft pulled up cuz I'm actually interested. Uh Seems as though there was a a team called the Philadelphia 76ers took some guy named Mark L. Fultz. Know anything about that? No. I uh <laughs> I guess he's uh he must he must be from overseas or something. I, I I'm yeah, not familiar with must, him or They must have drafted and stashed him over there somewhere, you know. Donovan <laughs> yeah. Mitchell goes 13. Uh the Denver Nuggets traded the pick to the Utah Jazz. And uh, Donovan Mitchell goes at 13. Uh, Mr. T- Mr. Robinson, we have a phone call, sir. Let's take a look in. Let's take a listen in on this, all right? Okay. All right. Hello, sir. You're on the air with Wide Men Can't Jump. Hey, this is Ian Riccoboni calling. 
Hey, we ladies and gentlemen, I didn't recognize the number, Ian. I'm so sorry. Ian Riccoboni, ladies and gentlemen, the voice of Ring of Honor has joined us here on Wide Men Can't Jump. Big shout out to TR for getting Ian on the show. Ian, thanks for joining us. Didn't expect you to call this early. Oh, of course. You know, it's uh, it's funny with the little ones. You never know when they'll be asleep or when they'll be awake or, <laughs> or when they'll be around. You know, it's uh, you you kind of you give people a window when you become a dad, <laughs> approximately between the times of. So sometimes a little please, early. Usually I run a little late, but it's it's all good. Please, I wouldn't uh, trade it for the world. Please coach me because I, I'm going to be a dad uh, in October. I'm expecting my first little one. Uh, so you'll have to teach me the oh, ways, okay. sir. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Ian. This is TR. I was telling uh, Nate, as were everybody else close to him, it's the greatest thing in the world. I mean, <clears throat> we kid, uh, you know, you were talking about bedtime and so forth. And mine, where did the years go? My little girl's 21, for God's sakes. Wow. But, uh. Yeah, fatherhood's an awesome thing, and a lot of people take it for granted. And I, that kind of – I got to start kissing your ass, Ian, because I was looking at your background. I knew a little bit about it, but I looked at it a little more in depth because I knew you were coming on. And it's like, I mean, are you secretly a serial killer? Because everything is cool. Everything is nice and pure about you that I read. <laughs> um, No, not right now. I'm not a serial killer now, and I don't intend to be. <laughs> but, you know, it's something where – I, I've always, I had great parents and they really instilled in me from, from the beginning that, um, you know, it's, it's important to look out for yourself and your family first, but always be aware that there's others around you that might not be as fortunate as you are. And whether that manifests itself, you know, with ring of honor, we started to do it a lot. We started to call it ROH cares. And I'm, and I'm thankful to be a big part of that where we visit children's hospitals. Uh, we participate in read across America week. Um, we go and we talk to schools when we're, when we're on the, on the road and we've, we've done charity things. Myself, Colt Cabana, uh, Bobby Cruz, Rocky Romero, Cody. Uh, we set up a, a Puerto Rico uh, charity relief. So there's a lot of things that, that I do because not only because it's the right thing to do, but because I, I have a, my dream job and it has put me in a position where People care about the product, about Ring of Honor. People care about what we're doing. And I want to try and use whatever notoriety we can for to deliver some good back. And, you know, it, there was nothing more special. Um, I'm from Allentown, Pennsylvania, and there was nothing more special for me than to, to be able to, to read to uh, the Roberto Clemente Elementary Charter School for Read Across America Week. So it's it's stuff like that that really, really kind of drives me and is kind of a, a really nice added benefit um, of some of the, you know, some of the notoriety that comes with Ring of Honor is, is you start to be able to put stuff like that together and, and you start to be able to give back in kind of a, you know, not a more meaningful way, but in a way that gets other people energized as well. Well said. Uh, give give Ian a question, Nate, because I, I don't want to hog it when we uh, pitter-patter about our 76ers, so I want to give you the floor for a, a minute or two. Well, you know, I know this is a basketball show mainly, and we talk a lot of basketball, but Ian, uh, you should know TR and I are both diehard wrestling fans, and uh, 
The Ring of Honor product has been one I've been following for years. You actually have the job that I would sell a kidney for as being the uh, <laughs> as being the voice of Ring of Honor. So, yeah, you're definitely a guy that, that I admire in the world of pro wrestling. I've... Uh, so and you do a great job. You really do. You do a great job. And um, so, you. how is it working for Ring of Honor, traveling across the country, talking about pro wrestling, watching pro wrestling, and um, how does that job keep you up to date or keep you moving? But yet, you still are able to keep up with everyday life, like being a father and the Seventy Sixers, for that matter. Yeah, it's. I'll tell you what. Um, you know, Ring of Honor. I, I've been a fan since two thousand two. And when they started out as a promotion that was literally created to create dream matches and to sell VHS tapes, um, I was one of the people buying the VHS tapes and then buying the DVDs. And it, it always had, you know, Ring of Honor's always had the best athletes in the world, uh, the best professional wrestlers. So it, there was always something really special to me about it. And I, I like the fact that it never felt overproduced. Sometimes it felt comically underproduced in the early days, Some, you know, sometimes the handheld cameras and, and the PA systems and things like that. Um, there was something really charming about it. And it reminded me of the earliest stuff that I watched as a kid before, you know, WWF got polished before, you know, the NWA really got polished or even reminded me a lot of, of early ECW when I was still Eastern championship wrestling. And there's something nostalgic about it, but at the same time, something innovative with the wrestlers. So I, I've been a big fan for years and years and years. And the, the interesting part about the travel is it's I couldn't do it without my wife, and she is she's the greatest person I've ever met, um, especially now with Zach. And I've been fortunate enough. I've been able to take them to Florida. I've taken them to Toronto. Um, I've taken them a, a few other places. New York City's not too far away at all, and then we have some family close by, so uh, Sarah and Zach tend to come there as well. So um, it's something that I'm able to share with them, and I hope it's, it's Zach grows older and his ring of honor grows older that I'll, I'll be able to share it with them even more. And so right now, um, you know, Sarah's been incredibly supportive, you know, since the moment I, I kind of started this journey, which was, you know, for all intents and purposes at the monster factory in 2013, um, I have a degree in, in communications and broadcasting and it was something I always wanted to do, but you're always scared to take the leap. So when I got, the opportunity to start talking to the blue meanie and Danny cage and Larry sharp at the monster factory. Um, I, I jumped in, I never looked back. And then as things started to unfold, as I got more opportunity, it, it was something where my wife really started to buy into. And that's when I started to believe because breaking into independent wrestling broadcasting um, is a lot like breaking in as a wrestler. Um, you do a lot for a little um, you set up the rings, you, you set up the buildings, you, you set up the chairs, you sell concessions, you do whatever you can do. Um, and then from there, uh, you you don't expect to ever get an opportunity. So you know that when the opportunity comes, you got to be ready to, you know, really jump on it. And I was fortunate enough for that to happen pretty early. Um, Kevin Kelly had come to the Monster Factory. Little did I know that they were looking to build the bench, so to speak, for Ring of Honor. And uh, I jumped in there. Um, you know, the the Sixer thing's amazing because I've been a season ticket holder now since 2012. So I got season tickets with my buddy Chris uh, three days before they traded for Andrew Bynum. 
And this is the first year. <laughs> this is the first year that that there's been any fruit bearing on that on that tree. Despite the the initial really promising start to 2012-2013 where they were actually in first place in the Atlantic for a good month or two and then it became clear Bynum wasn't coming back or playing at all. Um and then they just kind of threw in the towel. So we've been really uh we've been loyal fans. I've I've been a fan yeah, earliest memories are Charles Barkley, and you know the Sixers for me, it's something that that fits in really well, and it's something where it's a really, it's a decently cheap date night, and it's away from myself and my wife, or myself and my buddy Chris, or myself and Zach and Sarah, uh, to really just get out of the house, um, enjoy the night, enjoy basketball. You know, if I could do anything, I'd be an NBA player. But unfortunately, I'm six foot tall and run like an eight, you know, an eight point oh forty. So <laughs> it, it was something that it was it was never in the cards. So you know, I love always loved basketball. I played through high school, but um, but yeah, it, I you know I've always loved basketball. I love the Sixers. It's just so rewarding right now to see them make this big jump, and you know, from going from twenty nine wins last year. Um, you know, now to thir- at what I think thirty six, it's it's just incredible to really uh to really see this team grow and to see Simmons be better than advertised and to see M B be better than advertised and healthier than advertised and knowing that Markel Fultz will be here sooner rather than later. Um it, it's it's a really cool feeling to be a fan of this team right now. Oh boy, Nate. Boy, you pre you're preaching to the choir. When it comes to the independent wrestling broadcasting world, sir, you I've been calling pro wrestling now for about three years, so you're not telling me anything I don't know. You're definitely right about independent wrestling. <laughs> right, and there's there seems like there's hundreds, if not thousands, of of people that would do it for free or do it for close to for free, and uh, oftentimes do. So. <laughs> you're talking to one of them right now, sir. <laughs> oh, I bet I've been. Been there, absolutely. Thankfully, and I think that's what's important to to think about Ring of Honor too. You know, they, um, without going into too much detail, they pay me a generous salary, and it's for not that many dates. And that's what's in large part made Ring of Honor a destination for a lot of the top young guys, because you can yeah. maintain a family life. You do get some weekends. You do get you get a lot of weekends. Um, and there's, you know, the expectations super high that, you know, we, we'll bring you in, we'll pay you X amount of dollars, but you better deliver. And, uh, and in return, you know, you get to, you have this great schedule, you know, and uh, you really get to have probably the best schedule in, in televised professional wrestling. And, uh, and yeah, so, you know, there ring of honor certainly helps that balance because it, yeah. the schedule, you know, the schedule is one, two times a month. Um, and then you get your weekend. So it's, it's been pretty cool. Yeah. And a lot of those guys will actually go out and work independence for some extra money. I know the, the, the promotion that I, uh, do the commentary for and all the other things that you talked about. Um, a lot of ring of honor guys have come down and almost all of them have been wonderful. We love having them down there. Um, I can't think of a bad experience with any of them, honestly, and been privileged. And if you're going to, and, and, I know you'll amen this. If you don't love pro wrestling and you want to get into commentary of pro wrestling just because you think uh, it's great, if you get into independent pro wrestling, you better love it uh, because 
you know, your payment might be, hey, I got to hang out with Road Warrior Animal for a couple hours. That might be your payment for the evening. You know, you never know. So, but as a kid, that would have been, you'd have told me that to sign me up, you know? So it's one of those things. But uh, not to take away from the basketball program, I just, I rarely get to talk to somebody who knows the field better than I and, and has been there, done that. So thanks again. Thanks for jumping on with us. Oh, absolutely. Well, All right, TR, it's my turn. <laughs> it's my turn. Now, you know, I got to preface this uh, by by saying this 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 Ian Riccaboni, he's he's too good to be true. I'm going to find out something on you, Ian. Somehow, some way. <laughs> you bring such yeah, positivity. To... You bring such positivity. I'm going to be serious for a minute. Um, I was looking at you know Nate. This 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 gentleman we're talking to. Other than professional wrestling, and a key point you brought up, Ian, but I'm going to keep blabbering, is uh, about your wife. When when somebody you love buys into your dream as well, it's it's so refreshing, and it's something that I, you know, I had a similar situation, and my second half didn't. I was involved in the Indies way back when, and certainly not on a televised level like you uh, had the opportunity to get. And I. I I know Larry Sharp rest his rest in peace, and I know Blue uh, Brian, and I know I know Danny, and I know that you this this Nate um, Ian has a um, degree from NYU and Penn. I mean this nice. this guy's been on MTV, he's been involved in baseball, he's been involved in a lot of stuff. It's not like he'd be hurting for a job. So the fact that he you took you know, your time and went to a seminar. That's very, you know, a guy like me would probably be like, uh, I don't know if I'll do that. You know, I'm, I'm a little older now, but even earlier in life, but you, you don't look at it that way. Even your view on the Sixers is different than mine. I'm always looking at the negatives and, and you're pleasantly surprised with Embiid and, and Ben and comparing it to the, you're at, you seem like a glass half full guy. Am I correct in that assumption? <laughs> Absolutely, but, you know, there are some things that frustrate me. And, you know, watching that game last night against against Indiana with a chance to pull within a game of the number three spot, um, it, it was frustrating throughout the night. It felt like a game they couldn't win. It just felt like a game that they just, you know, every time they pulled close, Indiana stretched the lead back out. And then, you know, that, that nice little run toward the end of the game, and they had a chance on the jump ball. Um but for the most part, I'm glass half full. You know, I, I love the strategy. Uh, I love the process. You know, I'm a process believer. Oh, and, God. And, uh, <laughs> Where's my soundbite? <laughs> <laughs> and it's something where it, it's been worth the wait for me. Um, the things that do frustrate me are the things that can be controlled on the court. Um, like, you know, Joel Embiid, I think he's – I think he's a, a perennial all-star. I think he's got the potential to really just dominate the center position, but he turns the ball over too much. Uh, he throws weak passes. He throws into, um, you know, he tries to, to thread needles that, you know, Magic Johnson wouldn't have been able to thread with some of his passes. Right. So, you know, there's stuff like that. And, you know, there, there's been an emphasis on three-point shooting, which has really worked for teams like Golden State. But when you try and run the same style of offense and try and get off quick shots and transition threes with guys like Ersan Ilyasova, Timothy Lulawu-Cavaro, even Marco Bellinelli, who's not that much better of a three-point shooter than uh, a few of the guys the Sixers already had, uh, specifically Gerald Bayless. And I'm not a Bayless fan, 
um, it, it's kind of a difficult fit. So I love Brett Brown as a coach because he obviously has a plan and, and he's got a system and he's built on it year after year. But, um, but yeah, there's, there's really, you know, while I am glass half full, there's been some glass half empty moments over the, the last couple of losses, you know, even, even though they've been pretty great at home recently. Yeah. For, for me, it's last night was particularly frustrating that some of those woes would disappear at home. And there we were again with over 20 turnovers. And we also uh, something we had Keith Pompey on earlier. He was our first guest uh, from the inquire, the Sixers beat writer. And I forgot to bring this up with him, but I want to run it by you. Although uh, Simmons is going crazy and we have a lot of assists, you know, in the, in the box score, I don't think we move the ball that well. And that sounds like uh, an oxymoron or whatever that saying is. Um, But it's a lot of Ben driving to the hoop and kicking to a guy, you know, one out of three, Reddick or Covington, take your pick. You know, they'll hit 30 40% if we're lucky. So he'll get his assist numbers and what have you. But, you know, when TJ – I'm a TJ guy, TJ McConnell. It seems like when he's in and Ben can kind of slash a little bit and not bring up the ball every single possession, it's like you'll get a, a minimum of two passes before anyone shoots the ball. And there's quite frankly, there's less turnovers. Um, I'd like to see the ball move a lot more. Have you noticed that? I have, and it seems like it seems like the wrong players are settling for the wrong shots. <laughs> and there's moments where, yeah, you know, it's for me, um, you know, Sarek is only, you know, he's only in his second year. So for me, I'm okay with him, him letting, letting loose on the, you know, from behind the arc. And I'm okay with that. Uh, but he hesitates and I'd rather him be shooting the threes and him shooting 35% to 38% than to see Ilyasova, who, who's kind of a known commodity. And, you like, you know that's where his, his ceiling is. Um, and you'll see guys, and, and admittedly it's less so recently, but, like, Amir Johnson seems to settle for, seems to settle for bad shots, and, and he, he's a guy that will clog up the, the ball movement. Um, Justin Anderson, when he touches the ball, I think, yeah, I think with guys like Justin Anderson, they, they're so rarely a part of the offense that when they get the ball, they feel compelled to shoot because yeah. it's not often that the ball runs through them. So uh, they feel as if maybe – it seems like they feel as if they're calling, you know, hey, I got the ball. My number's being called. I'm going to throw something up. But, yeah, I, I feel – yeah, <laughs> the ball The ball sometimes feels like it stops. TJ drives a lot, and uh, I wish he would drive with his head up because oftentimes he'll break by somebody and he'll have a wide-open layup and then just do the uh, curl under the basket and kick out. It's special, so it's the Steve Nash special, yeah. Um, yeah. Do, do you listen to the radio broadcast? Like, if if you're you know driving and and they're away or what have you? I do. I love Tom McGinnis. I was going to bring him up. That guy, he's he's the Joey Styles of uh, radio basketball, where he works alone and doesn't miss a beat, and he's so entertaining. Besides, uh besides good i mean it's it's like you don't even need to watch the game to know what's going on with him 
he, he's incredible. And I've even uh, I've even stolen one of my calls from him. Um, you know, and it came accidentally. <laughs> so I've stolen you. You you got to be kidding me. And I I almost I try and resist almost saying it with the same cadence, but it's such a great call. And um, but he's a great storyteller, and he's somebody that I really admire. And he fills in all the blanks and the details. And it's certainly a different medium than television, so it's really tough to compare, you know, a TV broadcaster to a radio broadcaster, because a television broadcaster doesn't have to describe the action in the detail Tom McGinnis has to, and, and nor should they. But I really like Tom McGinnis. I think he's perfect for radio. Um, you know, he's he really gets you into the game and get inve- get invested. Somebody that I really look up to, um, you know, as a professional broadcaster. Another another question, Sixers related. Are you in town when the T Wolves come through? Oh, when is that? I haven't looked at the schedule. March twenty fourth. March twenty fourth. That's a weekend. Yeah, I believe so. That's a Saturday. Yeah, I, I will be in town. And we've had their guy. Their uh, Nate's a big T Wolves guy, if you didn't know, and he's had their <laughs> broadcast team. Jim Peterson and Dave Benz, respectively, on a couple weeks of our show. So I'm going to attend that game, and hopefully it'll be a uh, playoff clincher or something of that nature. So maybe I'll get together with you. I I agree, T.R. It'll be a great playoff (laughs) clincher for the Wolves. Uh, Looking forward to that. Oh, wait. Hold on. Pain in my ass. Somebody wants to talk to you. Okay. Hey, 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 is this A.M. Rotten? Hey, I'm getting fired. Hey, man, I hey, you know you what I mean? We did them. We did them matches with the balls. <laughs> How you been, Ian? Ah, oh, wildfire. I'm doing good. How about you, man? Oh hell, man. I just so it so it someone say something about basketball. So I said, I said, let me get get on here with Ian Rod, man. Nah, I'm just kidding, Ian Rick about it, man. So happy they were. To hear you on Wild Man Can't Jump, and uh, I just wanted to pop on him. T.R., he always tried to put me in the background, but 1981, I keep telling him, I was a big star in the business, you know what I'm saying? So I said, let me say hello to Ian real quick, you know, because it's not, you're Italian, ain't you? I am, that's right. You got an eye at the end of your name, I was in the full-blooded Italians, man, maybe I could get it with Ring of Wild. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we've had, I mean, I mean, Nunzio's come through, and, you know, I'm, I'm kind of surprised Tracy Smothers hasn't been around. He's He's been a little, had a little bit of resurgence, so you never know, right? Yeah, I'm going to bring him all up there, man. Tell, uh, tell, what's that, uh, what's Tracy guy? Delirious. Tell Delirious, man, to book me. I got my own wrestling <laughs> school and everything. I can still do the fist press up to about two feet, so I'm going to come up there. Anyway, Tommy, get up, get out of here. Let me talk to you. All right, that's all I'm out of here. Sorry about that. All Ian. right. He, uh, that's okay. Every show I, I end up on, he interrupts. And, uh, I heard he's a big but, Dominique Wilkins fan. Yeah, he, he liked Dominique. And I think the first time he came on with us, he was talking about him and Tree Rollins and Dan Roundfield. So, oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, he goes yeah. way back. <laughs> but, oh, God. I'm sorry, yeah, guys. I, I, I had to throw, I had to throw another guest in there, man. We had, we had like a train wreck of a first hour where, uh, 
some <laughs> audio botches and and Keith was calling wow. from New York City, uh, New York City rather, and uh, audio was a little messed up. So it's glad to have we're glad to have a professional broadcaster to bring back some order to the show. <laughs> oh my pleasure. You know, Ian, Ian, you talk about um, you know the Sixers announcer having the. Uh, what the, the he's perfect for radio. You know, I actually do some radio broadcasting myself. Um, you know, most my fiance actually tells me I have the uh, the dreaded face for radio. So you know, it's one of those things. <laughs> yeah, I'll be here all week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah thank you guys. Balls here, so. Yeah, here, he goes from I, working with Colt Cabana to come here with us, you know. <laughs> like, eh, talk about a step down, Ian. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> no, it's cool. Colt, I, I couldn't ask for a better partner, and and here's why. Colt um, Colt is, is one of the smartest, most cerebral people I've ever met, and that, that might so, surprise a lot of people. But Colt does the things that that a great sports broadcaster will do. I mean, when you when you hear Allah Abdinavi on uh, on the Sixers television broadcast, he knows every detail about every player and is fluent in it to the fact where he can talk about you know what they may have learned in college or who they who they train with in the off season or you know all that kind of stuff. And Colt is so prepared, and I mean that that comes. With you know, even if your eyes are half open for 19 years of pro wrestling, but Colt's a guy that that's been around the world. He's been to he's going to China next month. I mean, he's wrestled in all kinds of different countries, whether it be Japan, Germany, England, uh, Ireland, um, you name it. Colt's been there. Um, but yeah, I really lucked into a great partner, and he's just a guy who's who's super funny, super engaging. But the thing with Colt is he knows he he knows when the stakes are high, and and this is something we've learned together. You know, when the stakes are high in in the bouts that we call, you know, that's when we're able to really find the right groove and, um, you know, really feeling the moment. And I think that's where Tom McGinnis of the Sixers does that so well. And and to another degree, um, you know, I I think that's where Mark Zumoff uh, does that really well too. You know, in in the closing minutes of the games, of close games, I think that's where Mark Zumoff at its best. Thankfully, we're getting a lot more of those this year than than we have in previous years, uh, where there's some some close games or some winnable games. So you get to hear that version of Mark Zumoff because I can't imagine, you know, for the last five years before that, uh, it being easy knowing you're calling mostly blowouts. So it's been, that's been a real nice change. We've got to see a, a different Mark Zumoff than, than we haven't heard for a long time. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it was hard to get excited for so many seasons. Like even I, I, I used to work for them in entertainment I was a, it was before you were a season ticket holder, but you might've attended back then when we had it, it was two seasons long. It was uh, the broad street beefcakes. Does that ring a bell? Sure does. Yeah. Yeah. I was one of those fat ball guys dancing uh, to choreographed routines with the hot uh, Sixers cheerleaders. So um, (laughs) it was great, but that was under the, that was like the last piece of the Pat Croce re- regime. So, um, you know, I, I kind of wear my bitterness on my sleeve on the show with the new ownership. Nate, I just revealed my secret reason for my conspiracy theories and everything because there's no more beefcakes. Well, I mean, they said they would bring them back whenever your restraining order was dropped by the cheerleading squad. So, <laughs> you know. 
<laughs> yeah, I remember our Valentine. Our Valentine's Day routine one year, um, of course, in, in practice, we had a perfect thing, and it ends up where um, you'll get this reference, Ian, um, where a female uh, cheerleader jumps in each one of our arms, but for whatever reason, somebody was sick, this, that, and the other, and, and the numbers were uneven. So at the end of the routine, I get a portly 240-pound Casey from Preston and Steve. Are you familiar with Casey? Oh. <laughs> yeah, I sure and, am. You know, I was so blown up to use a wrestling term from the dance <laughs> that I almost went to one knee like a guy who botched a spot for a tope or something. It was. <laughs> I saved it from being on one of those Sports Center embarrassing moments just by saving my, you know, my leg. But uh, Casey, I haven't seen him in a, a few years, but he uh, he's bigger than he looks. <laughs> that's actually um that's actually one of the things people that's the most surprising thing about Ring of Honor to me. Um you know, it was really nice that the fans seemed to seem to take for me. It was hard replacing somebody as established as Kevin Kelly. But you know, the compliments are nice. I didn't expect them, but it it's not as surprising as when more than one person walks up to you per event and says, Wow, you're bigger than you look and you don't know how to take it. Um, yeah. I'm only six feet tall, but uh, like it's just one of those weird things where I I never thought that that was a thing, you know, because my whole life my my family's been tall, my friends are have all been taller than I have been, so I've never felt like a a, a tall or or large person. Um, so that's one of the it's one of the odd things, uh, odd consequences of of being on TV, I guess, is when you're out and about. Uh, before the events or after the events, people stop you, and that's what they tell you. They tell you weird. They tell you weird things. So, yeah, real quick, well, Ian, I want to jump back to let me let me jump back ahead. real quick, Nate, uh, to Colt because go I ahead, didn't. Dior. I kind of breezed right through that and didn't didn't respond. Um, I believe you're a little younger than Ian, and I'm older than both of you. But I'm 28, and so. I'm not just. Uh, yeah, and I'm 48, so I'm a little tiny bit older than Nate. But just um to echo what you were saying about Colcabana, and I'm not just saying it because you're on the air. It's something I've actually legitimately felt. Um, I learned about the two of y'all's uh, generation of wrestlers from Colt's podcast. He, he uh, you know, interviewed the Jack Evanses and the Dean Ambroses when Dean Ambrose was John Moxley and when he was Dean Ambrose. And now he's making a change or whatever. But he would just let them tell their story, and it was riveting to me because now all the old knowledge of the old school guys and guys that were, quote-unquote, my generation, Colt brought to life this new generation. And that's why I put over his show a lot. A lot of people are like, you know, some are indifferent. He's got his fans. Some love him, some hate him. But truthfully, he he really, like you said, he he has these instincts, and he kind of brings out – like you said, like a professional broadcaster would have that. Like I get captivated with his interviews because he gets. It's almost like Howard Stern esque, where he he you know opens them up to where they might talk about a lot of things that they didn't on other shows. If you know what I'm saying. Absolutely, and and I found that too. And I mean, I think you can tell my really early my really early times with Ring of Honor. Um, I think. With Kevin Kelly, I think there was a level of 
you know, me being so new that there was a, a hint of intimidation with me when it was he and I. And, and plus, it, it's difficult for two play-by-play guys. I don't care what anybody says. It's difficult for two play-by-play guys to, to present a broadcast. And Kevin's really, really good at what he does. Uh, but to be a color commentator, it's difficult to flip that switch and to turn off those instincts. So with Colton, I, I feel like we, we landed in really good symmetry with one another because Colt does make you feel comfortable. Colt does have a really good sense of the mood and the environment. And when I'm, when I'm with Colt, I really feel like I can be myself. And that right now is really corny dad who tells dad jokes. And so, I mean, you know, here's, here's this cool dude who has this t-shirt business, a, a great podcast, been all around the world, former NWA champion and, you know, great, great star of ring of honor who can trace back his time to the first year in 2002. And then there's this dad. <laughs> and, you know, I think it's a, a, I think it's a perfect contrast. And that, I think that really helps our viewers get invested because he, you know, why Mike Tenay works so well and, and why Tony Schiavone works so well. And I'm a big Tony Schiavone fan was that they always had this diametrically opposed commentator that wasn't antagonistic there was a clear distinction of okay this guy looks like he could be your dad or your older brother and then the guy he's with is much cooler and probably a former wrestler and so yeah it it helps the credibility gap uh, you know and it it helped you it instantly kind of raises my stock and he also makes me feel super comfortable because he is such a great interviewer that in some of those early episodes um, he was that we did together. He was so good at saying when well, when the tape stopped down or we stopped rolling, hey, jump in! Like you got this, buddy. Like here's what I here's what I was feeling. Here's what what were you thinking? Why don't we do it? Um, you know, he's like, and one of the big things he said, I trust you. I, I trust you know they wouldn't have they wouldn't have put you here if you couldn't do it. So do it, and we'll be a great team. And so I remember. In Baltimore, it was our second TV taping together. Um, we were at Jimmy, world-famous Jimmy Seafood, and he came over to me after dinner. He said, hey, who do I got to talk to to make this a more regular thing? And from there, um, that's all I needed to hear. Once I knew that was buying into what we were doing, uh, that he trusted me to, to steer the ship, and, you know, that's that's all I needed. And he's, yeah, I think you're right, T.R. I think he's he's so conversational. But he cares, and you can tell he cares when you're talking to him. And you can tell by his, the follow-up questions. And, you know, even though wrestling, there, there's a bit of flair for dramatics, there's a flair for presentation, you know, Colt is in the mind of the fan, too. And as things are unfolding, he's asking those right questions there, too. Like when Kenny Omega uh, appeared from a bear outfit in the middle of our pay-per-view, Colt hit everybody with everybody's questions that they were thinking. Number one, why is Kenny Omega here? Number two, he just got kissed by a beautiful woman and seems unfazed. What's up with that? Um, why did the beautiful woman kiss him? You know, all these like all these things that everybody was feeling, he was able to verbalize and and communicate that situation. And that's what's so great about about him as a commentator. He does his homework, but he also he puts the question marks on things and, you know, and he really puts together pieces well for our viewers. And so it's, 
he does a lot of things really well. I, 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 I don't know if you can tell, but I really like working with him. Yeah, right well, on. Well, yeah, I'm gonna yeah. let I'm he, gonna let I'm gonna let Nate wrap up with you, uh, Ian. I want to thank you, and if Nate forgets, we want to know who's going to be the national champion. But thank you for coming on, and Nate, Nate, you can wrap it up with Ian. Yeah, Ian, really, this has been a real pleasure for me as a guy who does wrestling commentary and, you know, nowhere near to the level that you do, sir, but um, definitely the guy that that loves to do the wrestling broadcasting, and it's been a real honor. I got to meet Kevin Kelly at WrestleCade and at a Ring of Honor show before, and he actually gave me some advice on doing commentary. It never heard me, didn't even have to ask him for it. All I said was, hey, you know, I do commentary too sometimes, and Kevin was the nicest guy in the world, and you're just you're right up there with him, being one of the nicest people we've ever had on the show, and just being a great guy. But I'm going to put you on the spot right now. Of all the matches you've called, and you've called a lot of matches, what has been your all-time, you know, even going back to the Indies, favorite match that you've ever called? Wow. Um, yeah, that's. If you can't narrow it down <laughs> to one, give me give me a couple. Well, there's. There's a, a really real thing called recency bias, and that's when of you course. just tend to favor things that happen, you know, more recent. But I really believe the match that I just called between Dalton Castle and Jay Lethal um, was definitely the best match I've ever called, and and not not from me speaking or communicating, but just the best professional wrestling match that I had headphones on and a headset on for. Um, you know, those two guys just went at it for over 30 minutes. It was. It was amazing, and it was kind of a, yeah. a a really cool coming out party for Dalton as somebody who, you know, hadn't really had the opportunity to to go thirty minutes yet alone with somebody like Jay Lethal, who that's his his specialty. So, yeah. you know, that's yeah. up there. Um, I called a really great match in uh, in Columbus between Jay Briscoe and Roderick Strong that mm-hmm. I don't think a whole lot of people saw because it. It went to DVD, it went to video on demand, but I hope now we have this, this service called Honor Club where you can watch all the great Ring of Honor matches. Um, right now we have yeah. 2011 through the present, but we're going to hope to get more up soon. Um, it was from Columbus. It was Road to Best in the World 2016. Um, just really a hidden gem. I mean, those two guys are great athletes, and they gave each other everything they got. And then I like the uh, the Hardys versus the Young Bucks. I mean, I know for, for Nick and Matt, the Young Bucks um, – their dream was to always wrestle the Hardy boys. And it was really mm-hmm. cool to be able to call their dream match. You know, two of the guys that are really on top of the world right now. And that was a great back and forth match. It was crazy. It was wild. Um, I, I didn't used to like those types of matches because back in ECW, um, there didn't seem to be a lot of rhyme or reason. And then you had guys like the Hardys, Edge and Christian, the Dudleys, um, really figure out how to tell a great story in those types of matches. And there was a real great story with, with the Hardys and the Young Bucks uh, at last year's Supercard of Honor. So any one of those three matches, um, I, I used to say with cert, with great certainty that it was it was uh, Jay Briscoe versus Roderick Strong. But I'll tell you what, in, in the two years since that match, I've called many other great bouts, and I put Dalton Castle versus Jay Lethal up against any one of them. Yeah, well, I appreciate you giving us that insight. And honestly, I could sit on here and talk to you for two hours about pro wrestling, but I know you have a life and you've got things you need to do. And we really thank you for giving us more time than what we deserve with you. Um, Quickly, who do you got winning the national title in the NCAA tournament brackets this year? 
Oh my goodness! Well, it's been my pleasure to join you guys. Um, and as a, you know, you're welcome on anytime. Out, maybe. Yeah, there we go. All right. <laughs> um, anytime you want, I, I got... <laughs> Well, I got Purdue. Um, it's kind of a oh, weird wow. pick, but I, I like Purdue all season, and okay. I like Purdue because they got four guys that play 17 minutes or more a game that shoot 40% or higher from three point. And that is really where some of these games come down to uh, who's got the sea legs at the end of the game versus who's got, you know, the ability to shoot the three at the end of the game. And if they can bring out three point threats, you know, just roll them in off the bench like they can. um, I think they're going to be super dangerous. And I I think Purdue is going to get to the, is going to get to the final. I think they're going to win it. Um, I think this is a really interesting year because your number one seeds aren't as strong as they normally are. I mean, I, I don't like Virginia coming off the injury. I don't like uh, Villanova as much, even though I'm from, you know, I'm from the greater Philadelphia area. Um, yeah. I'm not as, as bullish on them as others. Xavier, Xavier's kind of a weak number one. I think it's been kind of a consensus. And so, really, um, I start looking at those twos, those threes, even a team like Gonzaga, who's a four seed, I think could disrupt that that side of the bracket and beat Xavier and get to the final four when they win the next one. So yeah. I think it's going to be a crazy year. I think you could see maybe even Arizona do some damage, but I, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be Purdue. Um, I really do. I think they have a, a team that's built to win in, in a tournament and which sometimes can be different than a, a team built to win in the regular season. Purdue, Purdue has a lot of seniors as well too. So that, that's a strong point. Uh, Nate, make sure you send on uh, Ian on Twitter a link to our brackets. Get him in there too. Yeah, yeah, we have a bracket pool, Ian. We've got uh, we've got quite a few people in it. We'd love to have you in it as well. If you fill one out on ESPN, just jump in our pool. Um, I sent your friend request on Facebook. I can send it to you on there or on Twitter. So sounds perfect. All right. Well, You're ladies man, and gentlemen, Ian, that's Ian Riccoboni from uh-huh. Ring of Honor. One of the best commentators in the world today, and if you disagree with me, you're wrong. Ian, thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it. Uh, thank you, guys, and, and we'll talk soon for sure. Please do, anytime. Well, TR, what a great guest you landed there, Ian Riccoboni, and we went way longer than expected with him, but that's okay with me. He guy with great insight into not only knows wrestling very well, but not only that, knows his basketball. And a lot of really cool stuff there about Purdue and the NCAA tournament. You know what? Uh, you can't argue with that guy. He's such a nice guy. You know what I mean? Like, I, like I even feel if like I a better did, and per- I disagree with him. I disagree with him about Purdue. But, man, he almost makes me want to go back and change it. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> that's man, that's why I kind of shut up. I kind of shut up because, like, uh, you know, I knew of him from mutual friends and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, and a little small talk on the Twitter and whatnot. But, you know, it's the first time I actually got to have a little bit of a conversation with him. And he's just he's just one of those uh, bright spirits, you know, a nice guy and a positive outlook, of family values, which was, you know, as much as I play the character, the heel character, and some of it's shoot, some of it's, you know, shtick. You know, I, I always respect a good father, a good brother, a good son, a good, you know, mother, et cetera. And, uh, yeah, for sure. You know, it's, it, it's hard to argue. Sixers 
process and you know that's my least favorite word in the in the dictionary <laughs> but but when he, he you know he put the arm, a, I fell out of my chair yeah, I could probably argue with everybody else in the world, but he put such a positive spin on on his attitude about the whole team that I, like you said, I, even if I disagreed, I almost bought in. <laughs> I, I was yeah, ready he made to go you out believe. And buy a Markel Fultz shirt. <laughs> he made you believe, and I, he's already added me on Facebook, and I just sent him an invite to the the bracket pool. So thank you, Ian, um, and thanks to Keith Pompey for coming on tonight as well. Uh, we've got a little bit of time left, and man, I'm telling you, TR, this I think this has been not to toot our own horn here. Other than the snafus early on, this has been a really good show tonight. We've had a lot of insight from a lot of different people on a lot of different subjects. Um, so yeah, kudos to you, man, TR. We really brought it tonight, man. You really brought your game and got some great guys on here and putting you over big time, man. Well, you know, I'll disappear now for about a month and be lazy and miserable, so I'll, I'll put you back to the hard work. <laughs> okay, I'll get I'll get back to working. A uh, couple updates here. Uh, let's go ahead and look at the NIT. A couple updates here. Uh, Notre Dame beat, uh, I think that's Hampshire or Hampton. Hampton, pretty solidly there, no surprise. Right now, Temple and Penn State battling Pennsylvania in overtime, TR. 46-42, Temple leads in overtime. Um, Oregon runs through, I think that's Rydell. I can't even really tell who it is, truthfully. Um, yeah, that's what we'll Oregon go with. Won. Who cares? Yeah, Rydell, Oregon. Probably. Rydell, yeah. Uh, Oregon won that game. Um, Marquette defeats Harvard. Uh, Marquette, more athletic, but they will be working for the guys from Harvard one day. Baylor wins their game. Mississippi State, Nebraska playing right now. It's 24 to um let's see 24 to 19 if i'm not mistaken isn't the nit also experimenting with quarters instead of two halves is that a, i believe that's the thing they're doing yeah yeah um, yeah also i can't i can't say a thousand percent because i was listening uh last night in the car i was listening to uh not to toot my own horn or say i told you so but I'm going yeah. to toot my own horn and say I told you so. St. Bonaventure beat UCLA. You did, DR. Night. You called that. You did. You yeah, called that. So that's what I was listening to on the radio last night when I was driving. But uh, So I'm not sure. I, I, I just kind of checked the scores. But I'm, I'm almost certain you're correct on that experimentation. Hey, TR, uh, I'm gonna, I got to step away for just a second here. I had something happen. Uh, go ahead and give us an update about what's been going on in your world. All right, give me just a second. All righty. Well, uh, my world is so exciting. Nate had to step away. God knows what he's doing. Uh, he's probably putting together some new um, mix of Jeff Jarrett's song because he loves Jeff Jarrett so much. Now, um, I'm actually very happy with tonight's uh, podcast. We had two guys I, I respect great in different capacities. I'm glad we could talk about Cole Cabana's show a little bit because there's a lot of people that don't like that generation who are fans of the uh, podcast I came from and um, Jim Cornette experience, et cetera, et cetera. But okay, I'm back. One Sorry. thing I'll say, <laughs> I, I was I was I was yapping a little, but I was I was finishing about Cole Cabana when I started. In that, if 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 you're not necessarily a fan of cult or whatever. I still would put over his podcast just because of what I said to Ian. 
if yeah. you go back and scroll through his guests, like I've learned so much about Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens was on there. I forget the year. Literally opening up prior to signing with WWE, and you know, considering yeah. giving up wrestling, he he was just talking friend to friend to Cabana that uh, you know he didn't come out and say I'm I'm ready to quit, but he was he was letting his frustrations be known to the world. And, you know, I am late to the Johnny Gargano bandwagon. You know, I'm an old fart who kind of, you know, scoffs at the younger and smaller people or whatever. But Johnny won me over. Exactly. (laughs) And and Johnny won me over, especially seeing that match live, that NXT match. And I I went back and listened to an episode from 2013 with Gargano. So. You know, I learned a lot because that generation, he gives them an hour to just basically tell their story and where they came from and what they did. And so, uh, you know, even if you don't, if you're not a Cole Cabana fan, I mean, scroll through the interviews. He's interviewed a lot of people that uh, you definitely do like. And uh, yeah, there's, there's I don't know why I'm plug- I don't know why I'm plugging Cole Cabana, but goddamn it, Ian Riccoboni was so cool that that's his partner. <laughs> so watch watch Ring of Honor, buy their damn pay per views, do everything Ring of Honor. Anything Ian's involved in, I like. Yeah. Well, let's get back to the NIT scores here. Baylor beat Wagner pretty decisively. Uh, Mississippi State and Nebraska are playing currently. Uh, Middle Tennessee, in double overtime, uh, went just ridiculous score here. I don't – how did that game go to double overtime, ladies and gentlemen? Here's the final, 91-64. to no, that, Yeah, that that – I mean – Maybe it could be, but I just saw the final. I, you got a misprint, maybe, or did that really happen? I, it can't be done. I think they have a misprint there. This is on ESPN's website. That has to be a misprint. Yeah, because the scores aren't adding up. Middle Tennessee just ran away with it. Like I don't, I just don't see how that would be. No, there's no way. Unless I, no, maybe they were a mm-hmm. small favorite, which I brought up to you. And a lot of t- and you were you were touting them as a team that should have been in the big dance. Oh, they should. And be. a lot of times, as as a lot of times, a lot of times in the NIT, the teams just like they show up like not caring, like I didn't want to be here. And oftentimes in the NIT, uh, about half the bracket gets destroyed because the team just doesn't care. And so I'll I'll leave a sliver of a possibility that in the beginning of the game they just went through the motions and then we're finally like fuck this. We're going to kill this team. Well, um, I'm not sure if that's a misprint or not, but it says it, it, it was a route. I just don't see that going to double overtime. I'm thinking they've misprinted here. Um, Louisville squeaks by. Uh, I believe that's is that Northern Kansas they played, I uh, believe. Uh, don't know a lot. Honestly, they were, it's just got, they, were actually, they were actually losing during that game, and they came back to win. Well, here's your upset special. Middle Tennessee will beat Louisville in the next round. Here's an upset for you. I'm calling it now. USC wins their game in, according to this, did every game go to overtime? <laughs> according to this. <laughs> like, well, I know that game was a lot closer. Yeah, it says here this game went to four overtimes. I'm thinking ESPN's got a, a bug because, according to this, every game has went to overtime. The only thing I can yeah, think of that's is, they're ca- okay, I know what it is. I, I just figured it out. The double, when it says two OT, that's fourth quarter, so that's final. Final, they go four quarters because they're calling, they're going by quarters, and they don't have that down for this. The two okay, and a half that, deal, that, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. They do first half, second half, and instead of where it's college, they don't have quarters. They have to go first overtime, second overtime. All right. We get it now. <laughs> so, in double overtime, USC wins. See, you learn stuff on this show, folks, So as I learn it. Uh, Western Kentucky yeah, we beats Boston beats Boston College, Oklahoma State over Florida Gulf Coast. Um, SMC wins their game. Uh, Boise State and Washington still to come. Utah is currently losing 26-18 to in the second quarter. Um, we'll have to get together and do a, uh, a special on this NIT once the first round is over, and we'll take the – We'll have to take it from the second round on because we were unable to get in yesterday and do an NIT bracket for you guys at home. Um, but, TR, I know that the NIT is interesting. You know, it doesn't get the coverage that the tournament gets. You know, rightful, not maybe not rightfully so, but these are teams that are good. And as far as I'm concerned, Middle Tennessee should be in the tournament, as should Oklahoma State and uh, – I don't know how Oklahoma State gets a two seed and Middle Tennessee gets a three, but Louisville gets a two. I, I, some things baffle me, man. I just I don't understand. Middle Tennessee to me is a tournament team, and they just – who knows? Well, you know, <clears throat> that's what's great about this time of year because I, I didn't – admittedly, I've said this on previous shows, I didn't lock in on college as much because I wanted to have a, as much knowledge about the Sixers and so forth for this program. Yeah. But it, it's great. I mean, it's almost renewed because I haven't paid that much attention. And the NIT with the with the teams that you named that got snubbed, like Okie State and Mill Tennessee State, and uh, the one caller we had on the last one of our broadcasts about Arizona State and uh, USC. Yeah. Arizona USC. State's playing Syracuse tonight, which is something that my mind omitted. Uh, their coach is Bobby Hurley. I don't know how I forgot that when we were discussing it, but that's – I'm, I'm, you know, as soon as we're off the air, I'm going to find that on the television somewhere. And, uh, well, it's on right. Hurley. It's on right now. Our, I can give you a score. Yeah, give me an update. Twenty-one, twenty-one tie ball game. Syracuse, Arizona State. By the way, Texas Southern, a winner over North Carolina Central. So Texas Southern gets to move on and get destroyed by Xavier. I assume. So. Good luck to them, I, I, I assume. I'm not saying anything's done, but let's face it here. 16s are 132, or they're 0 and 132 against 1. So, yeah, it's not really looking good for them. But, hey, good year for Texas Southern. They uh, win their conference tournament, and they go 15 and 19, and they get a win. They beat North Carolina Central. So, there you go. Oh, 15 and 19 going against – uh, yeah, Xavier, who's who we all kind of like scratch our head, but I guess we can't in this weird year of college basketball can't argue with their record and so forth. But you, you really um, can't you can't argue with 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 them. And if you've listened to our NCAA show, uh, their selection show, we kind of went over this. Um, Xavier to me wasn't a number one. I think Villanova and Virginia are number one seeds. Clearly, I think that's something that we can all agree on. Those are two number one seeds. After that, up to interpretation. Tr, I'm a yeah. I'm the weird guy. I'm a weird guy. I think if you're going to be a number one seed, you either need thirty wins. That's that's me. I think you got to have thirty wins, or you need to win your conference tournament. Xavier 
and Kansas both won their conference tournament. So I get it. That conference tournament's got to count. And if you're a true number one, you win your conference. Because look at the two seeds. Cincy won their conference tournament. North Carolina did not. Duke did not. Purdue did not. So, to me, you can't put maybe Cincinnati over Xavier. Cincinnati won 30 games and won their conference tournament. To me, they're a one seed. That's why I have them winning it all. Uh, I can't argue. I can't argue. I mean, um, fuck that point, because let's go back to the original. 15 and 19, <laughs> 16 seeds getting crushed by Xavier. <laughs> I want something easy, something I won't get wrong. That was a good point, right? You know? Put some mustard on him right now, get him all set up for the champion right there. <laughs> I, I knew uh, that was going to be part of our of our broadcast when I saw that clip come up. I always want to do a, have a little bit of those guys. Oh, I try, man. I've, been, I've tried really hard to bring some entertainment value to the show with these clips and you know, I wish I had more time on my hands to do that because while you were going over your life, uh, what's dry, going on in your world while I stepped away, it's been a uh, a whirlwind for me down here. You know, it's uh, life is wild, and you know, I guess we're getting a little personal here at the end of the show. But uh, going to school, working, uh, doing the wrestling business, podcasting, playing in a band, about to become a father, man, life is busy for me. <laughs> been wild yeah man but you're gonna come out on the other end a a a wealthy happy knowledgeable skinny man Uh, i don't know maybe not the skinny part that last (laughs) one uh, that last one maybe not you know it's one of those things that you look at but uh you know hey man real real quick i i gotta be quicker i went i for the first time in at least nine months I don't mean it's not a pregnancy joke. It's a shoot. I went okay. to the gym last night in between uh, what I was working. I planned a time and I went to the gym and I, okay. I worked legs and cardio last night. So I may be back on the road to not disgustingville. That's awesome, man. Hey, nothing wrong with that. I, I need to get yeah. back and losing weight. I had lost 20 pounds at the first of the year, but boy, did I fall off that wagon real fast. <laughs> That's the thing. I dude, going on a diet's easy. I do it all kinds of times. It's real simple. Just sticking to it. That's the hard part. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but we got a couple minutes quick? left. Uh, the Golden State Warriors shooting guard Clay Thompson has fractured his right thumb. He will have it reevaluated March 22nd. The team announced. Um, so Thompson could be forced to miss the next seven games so up to two weeks he could be missing apparently it happened in the second quarter of the minnesota game the other night uh so yeah you think you think about we got that Steph curry down as... with the right ankle spring we got yeah yeah I think mean, about that from a golden state shooting the basketball what they're known for uh, the splash yeah. brothers i mean more so uh if if steph continues to you know, kind of rehab if the ankles are recurring, but a thing that's not going to kill him or whatever, and he can just uh, rest and yeah. modern medicine, et cetera, et cetera. But shooting the basketball with a effed up thumb, that's a different ball game. I mean, yeah, it really Clay is. is. Clay is a freaking sniper. You know, he, 
he gets less fanfare than Durant and uh, Steph, but make no mistake about it, he's a great NBA player and a great shooter. And that he's their, thumb, to me, he's their uh, he's their best defender as well. Yes, he is. He, he, you know, his size matchup. He has the size and the yeah. quickness to uh, to be a lockdown defender. So. Um, yeah, he's so quick. Yeah, he's so quick, and he's a shooting guard who can move so fast and cover ground. He's a great defender. Like if he's out for, I, I, it doesn't look like he's going to miss any of the playoffs. But hypothetically, let's just say Clay Thompson misses the playoffs, it's it's done. Houston Rockets are going to the finals. I don't care how good Steph Curry and Durant are shooting the ball. Houston Rockets are going to the finals. Clay yeah, Thompson I mean, is that important. He's that important to that team. I, I can't disagree, man. I wish there was something tonight I could argue with somebody about, but there's not really anything going on that I disagree with anybody that I talk to tonight, so except the process thing, but just the process. Like I said. Uh, <laughs> now I'll get mad at him saying it, but not Ian. Ian can say it. So Ian, uh he's not you a piece uh... of I'm so glad you sent me that clip. That was like the funniest thing I've seen in a long time. <laughs> yeah, I love when, oh, I love when Bruno got mad. Yeah, Bruno me too. Did. Well, that's going to wrap us up here on Wide Men Can't Jump for tonight. We hope you've enjoyed our show. Uh, TR, anything you want to add to the show, man, before we get out of here? Just follow at TR Shock. Play our brackets. If you beat me, I'll show you my boobs. And... uh <laughs> You know, uh, that's about it, man. I, I, I'm just, you know, uh, tonight tonight started a little slow, but, you know, it picked up steam, and I think we had a good time and a great show. Yeah. If you beat <laughs> TR's new motto, <laughs> yes. if, you beat, if you beat me, I'll show you my titty. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. But we want to make sure our sponsors are Coming soon. Coming, that's what okay. see, you re, you read my mind. I was gonna say, I might pass my audition, and I'll be coming soon to WowFreeCams.com. And I was gonna say, take it away, <laughs> Nate. To, well, get to WowFreeCam.com before TR gets on there and crashes the site. WowFreeCam.com <laughs> is the sponsor of our show, and we love them very, very much. Check them out, and uh, before you know it, you may be. Uh, taking care of business on wowfreecam.com. Make sure you visit mybookie.ag. Use promo code WIDEMEN. They'll match your first deposit up to 50%. Thank you so much to all of our sponsors out there. And a big shout-out to Ian Riccoboni from Ring of Honor and Keith Pompey from the Philadelphia Inquirer. This is Wide Men Can't Jump. This is our 20th episode. Make sure you visit us online on Twitter at WideJump. We're on Facebook.com slash WideMenCan'tJump. Subscribe to us on iTunes, like us, leave a five-star review for the show, leave some comments, let us know what you like, what you don't like about the show. We listen to our fans, we promise. White Men Can't Jump stickers are available, available right now. Get in touch with me on Twitter. You can get in touch with the show on Twitter. If you want to deck your car out in White Men Can't Jump, swag, as as the kids are saying now. You hit me up. I'll take care of it. We will get with you. Um, Check out our sponsors. Follow TR on Twitter, Facebook. Follow me at MMITM Nathan. Thanks for listening to Wide Men Can't Jump, guys. And right now, in our last couple of minutes, let's try this uh, thing I tried at the beginning of the show, TR. Let's see if I can do it. You ready? See if I don't butcher it. 
are. Take us home, man. Peace out.